The Buffalo Bills play football this week. Tage Thompson has a brand new contract. We'll be talking some rundown, trivia, hot takes, and more. This is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. Are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino, and we're getting right into it with season number two. It's good to be back. Good to season be back in the two. studio. Let's roll. Yeah, let's roll let's with eat. it. Let's eat. If you guys didn't know, it's our first episode of season two. Stuff that should be a FYI. Okay, the joke isn't funny. Yeah, the joke. Yeah, it's been said now. It's quite a bit. Yeah, we yeah, said the we, last episode you guys heard was the season one yeah, finale. Yeah, yeah. the season one finale we said it like ten times. Yeah, but that was funny. Yeah. That was oh, so just it's just didn't get no. Funny. no, the joke's dead. Season two, a whole new joke set. Not that's not on the docket. No, so scumbag and fraudulent off the table. No, that's just my language. That's not a joke. That's how I speak. That was a fraudulent joke you made. That's that's all I have to say. <laughs> but anyway, we're gonna get right into it with some Bill's news to kick it off. And uh we have a new punter. Uh What's his name? Sam Martin. Sam Martin from Denver. Uh, very respectable punter in the NFL. I'm happy with the choice they made. And then, um, you know, it was Some a... Other, you was, know, just moves kind of maybe surprising was O.J. Howard getting axed. Yeah. I think a lot of people probably thought he was a lock to make the roster when we signed him, especially giving him three and a half guaranteed. Right. And so. we're just honestly, I was I was kind of upset with that because we're paying him now and he's not on the team. So that, but it does, it does speak volumes that they're paying him to not be on the team. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm very saying, on to him or whatever. If, yeah. You know what honestly, I mean? look like, at it. It's kind of, it's kind of remarkable that they're, he signed with Houston, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So I know he had a trial with Cincinnati. Then they signed someone else. I think they, so. I can't, they signed, Cincinnati signed one of those Patriots titans I got cut, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, no, oh, yeah. But, I mean, there, I, I, there's been a lot of roster movement to get to the 53-man, and it's stuff, you know, I knew when they cut Blackshear, he's going practice squad. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you, I, I, I mean, he was he was good, but, like, I didn't agree with the people being like, oh, we should keep him on the roster. Like, no. He doesn't bring anything to special teams, and, like, obviously Singletary and Cook are going to get the bulk of the And action. Moss. And, and Moss. And, and they kept Moss. So, yeah. I mean, he really didn't and have Duke a path Johnson to being cut, on the field. were upset about, and I was like, mm. He didn't I mean, have a path to good, being on but... the field. So, yeah, he's, he's rookie, what, 23? So throw him on the squad, and maybe next year. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. You with... might get poached, too. We don't know. Well, Dable yeah. might take him for it's, the Giants. It's the same thing with the whole Isaiah Hodgins situation of, you know, is he a better receiver than Jay Kimrow? I would say absolutely. But is he going to play wide receiver for the Bills? Uh, probably not. You know, he's going to have to play special teams to make an impact on the roster to be active. And obviously, they trust Jake Kumro in special teams, and they don't trust Isaiah Hodgins. I think that's telling by the fact that they, uh, you know, cut Hodgins and kept Kumro on the 53-man roster. And yeah. guess what? Hodgins is on the practice squad. You know, I think we talk 
you know, there's all these talks in the preseason about, oh, we can't cut this guy, we can't cut this guy because they're going to get claimed. The Bills cut, you know, got down to 53 and only five, I believe five players got claimed. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kingsley Jonathan got claimed. Yeah, Tenuta. Luke Tenuta, which is kind of unfortunate because he's a draft pick. Mike that, Love did, didn't he? Or no? No, he's, he's on, on the, the squad. Pre- I, I, think on the squad. I, I still think the Tenuta draft pick is easily one of the most confusing draft picks of the whole uh, McBean era. I mean, we talked about when he was drafted, the dude had, like, a 4.4 relative athletic score. Like, I mean, usually draft athletes are, like, 8 or 9 out of 10s. Like, that dude was not an athlete. I don't, I just, no. That was a bizarre pick, but... Yeah, yeah it was he, very interesting, to say the least. He gets claimed by the Colts. I think Jonathan got claimed by... I want to... I, I can't remember the team off the top of my head, but... But, yeah, no. Nick McLeod got claimed. Uh, one of the other offensive linemen, Owings, got claimed, and some other. There's another one more person that got claimed that I'm currently blanking on. But again, five people get claimed, and it's not any of the, you know, I would say five bigger names that we thought could potentially be. Claimed. No, like I'm glad Blackshirt's on the squad. I'm glad. So am I. Because if someone there. goes down, God forbid, you have even Alec Anderson. I'm kind of happy he's on the practice squad. Yeah, I, I think it goes down to the fact. You know, it's nice to have a very, you know, good 53-man roster where you have all this talent, and then you mm-hmm. could have talent to get on the practice squad. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Matt Barkley's a veteran quarterback on the squad. You have Blackshear now. And everyone everyone has a Raheem Blackshear, though. That's a that's the thing I never understood about how we, we can't... Also, Duke Johnson on the practice squad. Kind of surprising. Dude's a veteran. I assume he could have had a spot on maybe a bad team's 53-man roster, but he chose yeah. the... Chose to stay on the squad, the practice squad. Again, it's one of those situations where, for teams to cl- make a waiver claim, they have to claim the player, and then they have to have the person on the fifty-three man roster for the next three weeks. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's also you know Jack Anderson, Rashawn Wallagoose, you know the two uh, rookie draft picks last year that got claimed off waivers. You know, the, both those guys got cut again. Yeah. And, and claimed again. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I feel like the Bills, you know, know what they're doing. And yeah. No, and it's it's been put to to test over these past few years with McDermott and the front office, and it's it's been working. So I I don't question much of what they do. You know, I I, I believe in the process, trust the process, as Sean McDermott always says. So um, to see those guys in the practice squad is nice. It's a peace of mind because in the preseason they didn't look half bad. So if something God forbid happens to anyone, like I said, you have depth pieces mm-hmm. that could come in and take over. But it's just the fact of like. Like you said, Duke Johnson, a veteran. That was surprising to see that he's still on our practice squad, you know? So it's just, it's interesting to see how it played out. But honestly, I mean, the, the people who got claimed, is how many people went to the Giants? Da- is Dable trying to create Bills 2.0, you think? Or is he like... I think only one. I think only McLeod. I think only one player. One player I know we said Giants. that, I think, last season. We were saying how the Panthers-Bills was a connection. Is the Bills-Giants going to become a connection? Very well. I don't... New York. Well, it's, it's interesting because... I don't know. It's interesting because Davis Webb went over there. I believe he got cut. I don't know if he was signed back to their practice squad. Obviously, um, well, remember Davis Webb was a giant before the Bills too. Who's his? Yeah, who's his? Um, Antonio, Antonio Williams. Williams. That's who it was. I was about to say Antonio Gibson. Yeah, no, Antonio yeah. Williams. But I think it's interesting that really we're one off season in, and there wasn't really that many notable Bills that went to the Giants. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. next off season, obviously the Bills, you know, have some salary cap, you know, things that they work right, out. So they're gonna have to maybe maybe it out. The, maybe next off season is the yeah. off season where we really see. Um, you know, uh, Bills to Giants connection, but so far it really hasn't been that. Um, but it's it's interesting that people were so afraid of that, but, you know, we got past it. 
we have our 53-man roster. Obviously, you know, we've you know taken our time off between season one and season two. We I believe we missed the last two preseason games, right? Yeah, yep. Denver and Denver. Denver the streak. Was a, the winning streak did end. The winning streak did end. That's unfortunate. Was the Cody Ford trade? Uh, yeah, that was after, that was right before cuts. We, we we didn't cover that. So no. I just want to quickly say, pick. yeah, no, we very quickly yeah. say that was a great move. <laughs> Get it a fifth. Bobby Hart's on the team. Bobby Hart is on the team. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Remember, to say about yeah, that, yeah. That's that's our predictions. Apparently, for he that. played well. Yeah, I, I mean, so, good for him. Yeah, I believe Greg Mans is currently injured, isn't he? So yeah, that, that kind of opened up a spot hurt. for him. Yeah. Um, thinking of very quickly on the injury report. Stefan uh, Diggs, no need to worry. He's not injured. He's not a veteran. veteran. I think yeah. was McKenzie banged up a bit too. Yeah, but he was full. Uh, Poyer, so I know, is Poyer's expected full. to play. The only two people that have not practiced Monday or Tuesday have been Quinton Morris and uh, uh, Tommy Doyle. So I, yes. I would assume both those guys don't go. I do think you know as we transition now from you know the fifty-three man talk to. to First game preview. Kickoff. First game preview. Where before we hit that, I just want to hit hit, hit the depth chart because obviously the official, you know, kind of depth chart was kind of released. I think yeah. it, I think it's, you know, some stuff. Is, Anything surprise you? I think some stuff is kind of interesting. I think it's interesting that Quinn Morris is tight end two over Tommy Sweeney. Tommy Sweeney is tight end three. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Quinn Morris being injured probably won't go. So I mean, I assume. I feel like Quinn Morris might have more of a receiving aspect than Tommy Sweeney. Definitely more upside. I think he's a better blocker. Tommy Sweeney is not a good blocker. Tommy Sweeney's just kind of a dude. Yeah, yeah Tommy Sweeney's just there. He's just yeah. I he mean, he played see. better than O.J. Howard did and earned his spot. I'll I don't that. even know. I don't know. I mean, O.J. Howard was targeted. I don't know about very him, little man. in the preseason though. I don't. I just. I have no idea. I can't really explain why that deal went to absolute crap. But I, I have well, no he idea. didn't. He didn't really perform. I think well, he didn't perform. I think, I think he's but, injured. I think. I think O.J. is injured. Well, yeah. I think I, even Bean said in his interview, like, um, he wouldn't be opposed to bringing Howard back. In the future, if like it was an opportunity, and I think that just shows that like maybe the Bills didn't think he was. They didn't sell. They didn't sell that bridge per se. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, the they bridge kept wasn't it respectable burned. and probably kept the door open. They're probably like, we know you're still dealing with recovery from an injury. The Achilles, I believe, right? Yeah. So like, yeah, you know, that's know not easy. That. Not an easy injury to come back from and just start playing again. No. At top level. I, I, so. I think it's also um, people's expectations were too high. True. Um, like this dude, this guy is not the guy that was. Killing Clemson in the national championship game in Alabama. No, like this was a dude that was coming off Achilles surgery. You know, really was kind of meh for the Buccaneers. And um, you know, it's an, it's unfortunate that I'm going had to pay him. But again, I think I think Quentin Morris really stepping up in the preseason made the decision very easy. Obviously, Sweeney is kind of you know well respected guy, mm-hmm. kind of just there. Um, I would kind of expect Sweeney to be like the game day inactive. Um, especially because you have Reggie Gilliam. Right. Reggie Gilliam also kind of that. Yeah, that technically full, on the tight end list, but as a fullback. Well, fullback tight end. I mm-hmm. think, you know, yes, I have Reggie Gilliam. And, but, you know, obviously this coming Thursday, I probably expect Swing to be active because it seems like Morris won't be able to go. Yeah. So I think that's. Well, that's a, at least it's a known pairing. Him and Knox have been playing tight end one, tight end two for years now. So, sure. you know. I think what's other noteworthy on the offense um, I don't know if you have anything, Mike, but um, I would say Spencer Brown being right tackle one. That kind of got. Oh yeah, it was a little. That not, doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. Well, we did. I know you were about. saying how well Questenberry was playing, but I don't and think that, I think Questenberry and and then Brown was hurt. But like, I think Spencer Brown is going to be the right tackle going forward. Like that's who they want to be in that spot. Well, yeah, I think they got to give him the reps. I think Questenberry is kind of a vet that has a very 
low ceiling, but mm-hmm. maybe a higher floor than Brown does this year. And I think yeah. they feel like they should give Brown the shot because he has a higher ceiling. So if he hits, you know, if he gets better in pass pro, because I got to be honest, like I watched the Chiefs game is just always on. But I know I watched it last night. Uh, it was it was on twice, and I only watched it one time. But uh, only once. Yeah. Um. But I mean, in that game, man, like look, the really clutch plays. You just if you you know rewind and look what happened to Spencer Brown. He just got freaking whipped by Melvin Gordon. Melvin yeah. Gordon, not Melvin yeah. Gordon. No, he was he was bodied. Wrong X Charger, Melvin. Um, <laughs> but no, he really struggled in pass pro. Like obviously. You know, he had very good moments as a run blocker. Um, but, you know, in pass pro, he really struggled and he, I mean, took a bunch of penalties. So, yeah, I think it's an important year for him to take that next step because right tackle, you know, is an important position. And, you know, the Bills really in the Josh Allen era haven't had a very good right tackle. I think Daryl Williams, you know, in 2020 had a pretty good season. But mm-hmm. other than that, like, hasn't been that great. What, Jordan Mills in 18. Cody Ford, the failed experience. Yeah. Experience, you mean, in 19. And then last year was just kind of shuffling. And then this year we kind of. Hope it's Brown. Hope, yeah, I guess I hope it's Brown. So. I mean, I think it, I, I'm I'm optimistic with that. I feel like Spencer Brown, I mean, he's, you know, the guy grabbed a beer from a fan. He's just got to dial it back a little bit, I think. Chill but, out. Yeah, yeah, chill out a little bit. But I think he'll I think he'll step up for sure. And then I guess another noteworthy thing, and I don't want to like make all the points if you guys have anyone, but uh, Zach Moss being ahead of James Cook. I knew that yeah, was RB too. Yeah, I, I had a feeling just that was because he's a happen. rookie. Yeah, experience styles too. I mean, mm-hmm. like James Cook is like that receiving back. Moss is kind of more of that power runner going yeah. down their throat. So makes sense because I would say Cook is more similar to Singletary than he is Moss. So if Singletary's one, they're not going to have the exact same as number two. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Also, kind of a smaller one, Shakir being the third outside receiver. So obviously they have Diggs Davis. And then McKenzie as the starters in the slot, and then they have Crowder in the slot, and then they have like the first outside receiver being secure. I don't know how noteworthy that is because I think that was kind of expected. Yeah. Um, and then kind of for defense, you know, Terrell Bernard uh, being ahead of Tyrell Dobson as the uh, wide linebacker, which kind of the AJ Klein role a little bit, like the third linebacker, obviously. You know, the Bills don't play a lot of three linebacker sets, but right, yeah. I think that was noteworthy. Obviously, Dane and currently at the at the moment, uh Elam are the starting quarterbacks. Um I assume Dane to get Dane, I keep saying Dane. Dane to get the start on Thursday, but yeah, you know, McDermott did say in his press conference the other day that, you know, Elam's not guaranteed to start, you know, it's kind of a riding the hot hand with him in Benford. Yeah, so. I saw that uh that tweet that some our reporter put out about that. Still no decision has been made, so It'll be a game time decision for sure, but I mean, honestly, those guys have really proved themselves in the preseason. I think either one, so I wouldn't be opposed. You know what I mean? Would I like to see Elam out there as our first overall pick? Absolutely. So yeah, that's just kind of where my head's more, at. But. More reps, and then yeah. um, everything else kind of I think is kind of expected. I've yeah, seen Sha- Shaq being defensive end five, and people he played pretty well, but people thought maybe he could pass Boogie or <laughs> AJ. Yeah, up there. Not, Boogie, no, Boogie Tim Settle. Well. Uh, currently, Daquan Jones is currently the starting defensive tackle. Uh, aside at Oliver, not uh, Tim Settle's moment. Yeah, but Tim Settle was kind of banged up. He's also I, I knew I was hearing one name on the injury report. He's also you know seems to be healthy and good to go. So um, it's interesting. I don't I don't know. You guys are probably gonna have to elude me. I don't know if you guys know, but I don't know how many game day actives they have. I I know if they don't keep 
nine offensive linemen active. They only have 46, I want to say, that could be active. I think 46 are active on game day. 46, but I think it's 48 if you keep an eighth offense, ninth offensive lineman. I don't know how any of that works. I don't really know how any of that works. I think it's going to be interesting... You know, looking at this roster, you know. It's yeah, great. I just always remember that it was usually seven scratches. I'm gonna just say we're gonna say it was seven. I just think it's interesting if you look at this, you know, roster. Like, who's gonna be scratched? Obviously, injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, with Doyle and right. Doyle and Morris. You know, it's pretty obvious. That the, obviously, those are two spots, and so then you have five left at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of interesting. Like, if you go down the list, like, I don't know, they're gonna have to cut. They're not actually cuts the wrong word, but well, we still have Trey White on the pup list too. Yeah, he's yeah, gonna he have count, to come he back. Count so, yeah. He doesn't count as fifty-three men. Yeah. But yeah, but you're gonna have to bring him back at some point. Well, that's, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, no, on. that's what I meant. Like, yeah. he's gonna need no, a spot. I think like mm, Cam Lewis is probably gonna be inactive. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't know, Shaq. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he's inactive because are they gonna keep five DNs? Uh, Specter. Maybe they don't want another linebacker. Um, I don't know. Cam Lewis. I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of a toss it's up. It's hard, at this man. Point. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, you know what what happens with the roster and the how they're gonna trim it down to Thursday, but I kind of talk about Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Let's I was just about to say I, I wanted to I wanted to go into Thursday a little bit. Super Bowl champs were playing. Um, you know we have one of those champions on our team now. His name is Von Miller, so that's very exciting. It's a nice little matchup, you know. So it's it's looking like I I don't know. I I have the Bills winning. No, yeah. No question. I think it's going to be a close game. It'll be close. I think the Bills will win, but I think it's going to be pretty close. I think all of us have the Bills winning. So I, I mean, I think, honestly, they don't have OBJ, right? And he was a huge part of their playoff. Well, Beckham is a free agent. Yeah, yeah. but they have Allen Robinson. They do have Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup. So. But Stafford's still a little – that elbow is still not 100%. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's honestly – The, two, they're, the I Bills are confidently, two points I, I don't – I'm going to knock on wood saying this, but – I, I feel like the Bills can confidently, you know, play. I think it's going to be a very entertaining game. I think that's yeah. a very good game to kick off the season with. Right, yeah, and it'll, it'll be competitive, choice. but I think the Bills can confidently. No, you got Ozzy at halftime? Yeah, Oz, yeah, I could not believe think that. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, like, it's almost like a Super Bowl. Yeah, week one it feels, Super Bowl. feels right, like week right. one. Yeah. 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 Week one Super Bowl. This could be the matchup for the that's Super Bowl down the road. Right there. Hey, that's a mad choice for halftime show, but. Why? Why? It's just yeah. Oh, that's a hot take. Yeah, that uh, very. Okay. It's like that steaming pile of dog shit from 1987 that's sitting on the field. Craig Anderson. Yeah, Craig Anderson. Well, the Bills are two point favorites. Which is, I I I think it's a little bit. I would say rare that you know you go into the Super Bowl winning team. You know, home. Yeah, Bills are game. ranked number one in power rankings by Gridiron. Yeah, I think so. this is interesting. This is the first game of the year in their, you know, favorites on the road. You know, to with the Rams. You know, that makes them. Right, you know, as we're going to talk about in the in the betting on the Bills pod, that makes them about a five point favorite. Yeah, on a neutral field. So, I don't fully think. I don't know. I think the Bills are. Be- I think what's happening is the Bills. I think most people would say are a better team than the Rams, but I do think it's a little bit disrespectful that the Rams aren't favored. No, yeah, honest. I mean it definitely to them is. It's but been bet I, down. I'm take it's been it. bet. It's been bet down too. I don't really remember when it opened. I know the other day I saw that it was two and a half. And now it's down to two, so it has been bet down a little bit. Yeah. Um. But you know, I think I think this is where I don't know. It's, it's an interesting conversation with the Bills. Obviously, before we go into the huge preview, because I want to preview some matchups, but it's kind of an interesting conversation about the you know the national media of 
I think a lot of people have the Bills as, you know, Super Bowl favorites. Number one, their power rankings, mm-hmm. kind of predicting them to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I feel like there's a part of the national media that's probably going to get bigger because I don't know. And let's say the Bills have a tough season, start to the season, so they might slip up a little bit. But we're going to hear it if that happens. But, you know, it's kind of there's a part of the national media that's, a little bit turning on the Bills, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're not they're not touting them as the Super Bowl champions that they were after the playoff game last year. Well, it's kind it's kind of like you know some people are thinking that the Bills haven't really won anything, which is you know accurate to a certain degree. They've only statistics wise, yes, they've they only went not. to one AFC yeah. Championship game. They didn't perform very well in it. I mean, um, let's be honest though. Let's just be honest here. The AFC Championship game last year should have been the divisional round. It should have won a cutoff, man. It should have won a cutoff. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it was the the AFC Championship. Well, the the the, the Kansas City Chiefs lost the next round. Yes, I understand I, that. But that I, game was not as competitive and exciting to watch as the divisional round was. I mean, I would agree with that. I think that I think the divisional round could be considered the greatest game of, of all time. time. But it, it, I mean, the still game went to overtime. I just think it's one of those situations where the AFC is so loaded. That, like, there's definitely someone said a best where like the Bills have probably what an eight ten percent chance of winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's the highest. And, and there's a ninety percent chance the Bills don't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think I think people get surprised by how low those odds are. Obviously, you know they get a little bit higher once the season ends, and you know you only have what mm-hmm. fourteen teams left. Right. Then, yeah. Once you dial it then down. Then once you start winning, you know your odds obviously increase, but. I do think it's an interesting fact that, you know, some people in the National Media are starting to, you know, the Bills are one of those, I would say, lovable teams. You know, Josh Allen, you know, incredibly nice guy, you know, Bills Mafia, what they do for the, their community. Right. Small town team. Like, small yeah. town yeah. team that's easy to root for. Old Rust Belt City. Kind of know, a team that's, collar. kind of a team that's been, you know, through so much the last, you know, I mean, couple their, decades. their entire history of mm-hmm. losing for Super Bowls and that but it's also it's they're easy to root for but now it's kind of becoming uh the team you know and becoming the team that can't get it done i think people you know think that you know they're getting they're getting too much props that the chiefs should be talked about more the chargers should be talked about more so i, I just think it's interesting that you know people see the you know the bills being favored on the road against the rams as being you know disrespectful and the fact that it's not though because I think they're gonna win. But it's I mean, also it's the just... fact of like, should the Bills really be favored on the roads against the Super Bowl champs? Yes. You know, and I kind of I, I agree with you in the extent that I think the Bills are gonna win. I think the Bills are better than the Rams, but they're the better team. They're, they should be favored. No, I get shouldn't. what you're saying. But it's kind of yeah. gonna be in their stadium. Like they're the team to beat. They were right. the best team. They're hanging the year. banner they're before the, the game. Mm-hmm. Like. I get what you mean, and it's also kind of like world champions Vegas, is also I I it, it's, that's last it's year champions it's, this year. is this year you know like Vegas thinking the Bills are have a better chance to win this game. I just think people have gotten I don't want to say fatigue, but like last year when the Bills made on that run, Bills all I think the Bills might have been favored in that game in Kansas City, and people thought that was you know you know crazy. I think what's happening is the Bills have such a good roster and they have such a good team but the nfl is such a weird sport where mm-hmm. like the best team doesn't always win the super no, bowl no not at all the I best mean, team doesn't even always get to the look at, s- look at the jacksonville game absolutely jacksonville is nowhere close to being on the same level as the bills right and they beat us and indianapolis beat us and jacksonville wiped the floor with indianapolis at the end of the season yeah so it's any given sunday really yeah mm-hmm. so 
I just think it's one of those situations where the Bills, I think, are the best team. They deserve to have the respect of the best team. But some people are now turning them like, do they really deserve to have the respect of the best team? Because, you know, last time we checked, they couldn't. The last two years, they've gotten stonewalled by Mahomes. Like, is this, you know. So I, I think it's an interesting, you know, way of looking at, you know, the media being so pro-Bills. It's now becoming so pro-Bills that people are now switching their tunes and becoming a little bit more anti-Bills. So, you know, it's, it's just an important year to prove that the Dodgers are wrong. What can I say? Right. But, so, I mean, I, I don't think it's at all disrespectful to be the favorite in SoFi Stadium. SoFi Stadium is not even a home team. LA's not even a home state and city for the Rams. So, you know. I just I think it's an interesting conversation to have. So, talking about the preview, obviously, you know, we think, you know, the Bills might flood SoFi. Obviously, a lot of fans going to the game. Yeah, the beer showed up earlier this week. I the saw the tweet. beer did show up. So, I want, like... Does anyone have like an individual matchup they're looking for? We'll go with you, Mike. Uh, do you mean like, like within who, the game? Within the game. Within the game. I think. Like, are we talking about like? I mean, are you also do a coaching matchup to be honest too? I mean, I think the one everyone's probably gonna be talking about, and I've seen a lot about, is the Diggs Ramsey matchup. Yeah. Because you know, last, I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like overall that's the one to. Well, Jalen Ramsey like still ranked as a top, top corner, corner. Mm-hmm. there. Um, and a top five wide receiver. I'm trying to remember receiver. in 2020, I think I just remember the one play Diggs basically manhandled Ramsey and scored a touchdown. Yeah, I think that was his only catch it quoted against Ramsey that game. But I just remember that was like probably the big matchup. I know I've heard a lot about like Aaron Donald versus our offensive line, mm-hmm. the interior, like what's going to be there. Yeah. Um, but I find it kind of interesting you bring up the coaching aspect because I wouldn't have even thought of that. McVeigh McDermott. I think mix. I think mm-hmm. that's the mix. Sean Mix. Yeah. Sean Mix. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's you know obviously Joe. You know you you have a one Joe. No, I'm pretty much on there with Mike Diggs and Ramsey, and then you know the offensive line against Aaron Donald, the helmet swinging. Who's your Who's psycho. your number two corner? That's a question. I don't know. I honestly maybe that's one. I don't because well, Darius Williams left, and that's kind of like. A weakness in their defense now. Is, Maybe that's something you can look but, at. Gabe what, Davis with Gabe Davis, yeah, CB2. yeah, yeah. I think it's. He's I, on my fantasy team. I'm hoping for the best with that. I one. think, I think the Bills' secondary offensive pieces have an advantage against the Rams' secondary outside of Ramsey. What I mean by that is, like Diggs could probably get taken out by Knox. Ramsey, but you know, Knox against you know the linebackers. Are you gonna throw Bobby Wagner? Bobby Wagner is a little washed, man. Like. He's a little on the older side now. Older side. Knox could easily I th- I think, make some catches. I think the biggest thing for the Bills offensively is they have got to stop Aaron Donald. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to say this. They got to stop Aaron Donald, and they got to stop Leonard Floyd. And I'm not saying Leonard Floyd's like, you know, a top tier one or even probably tier two pass rusher, but, you know, he could get 10 sacks. And I think the tight ends are going to be but, doing some blocking. I don't but, know, less, but the problem, receiving. the problem is Leonard Floyd, you know, lines up against the right tackle. We talked about Spencer Brown. Like, I mean, it's kind of a show me game, man. Like, this is mm-hmm. this is an all pro, dude. Like, you gotta, you gotta. I don't, actually, all he might be a Pro Bowl caliber. I'd say a Pro Bowl caliber to lineman, but you know, it's a good test for him because he's probably going to be, you know, left one on one for most of the game because you have so much intention. You know, at 99, and it's it's also, you know, it's for being in the Bills, it's a great test to see, you know, they've added so many pieces of that interior offensive line, you know, with Staffold. And now, if it's going to hold up or and not. And now reciting Bates, you know, they made it a priority to be like, we got to improve in this area. And, you know, Donald had a pretty nice game last time they played. Yeah. So, I also that was against Cody Ford. But, you know, I, I think that's the key offensively. And then the key defensively is going to be, 
you know, can they get pressure on Matt Stafford? And I think Von Miller, Greg Russo, Ed Oliver are going to be able to cut right through. Well, especially Von about, Miller's going to be motivated. It's supposed to be about when, uh, Andrew Whitworth, you know. Yeah, they uh, well, him, like, yeah no, no and I think he, no blooms are If they do maybe. block the edges and stop Miller and Rousseau, Ed Oliver's coming screaming through the middle. Like they're going to have a hard time containing the pressure. So. You know, can, can they stop? Can they get stop the run and get some pressure on Stafford? But you know, the big question is like Cooper Cup's a beast, man, and Cooper Cup went off last time they played, and you know Taron Johnson. I you know this is a sneaky storyline. This is a little bit of a revenge game for Taron Johnson. He got benched last time in 2021. They played each other. Mm-hmm. These teams played like he, yeah, he got his lunch. No, no, he got sat down. Got his, his lunch, lunch money his and lunch his money wallet were taken by the bully and thrown by away. Cooper cup. Yeah. And he got benched for Saran Neal. And now he's, you know, a top 10 slot corner, got the extension. Like this is his, his game to be like, all right, I'm going to revenge on this guy. Yeah. And you best made made mistake the benching me years yeah. ago for him. Obviously so. the young experienced corners are going to be tested too, but Cooper cups, mostly kind of a slottish guy. So, Right, you know, and if you know, you, they do throw Cooper Cup on outs, as an outside receiver a couple times. So I mean, it's like and they'll Alan, switch him around. Uh, you know, Allen Robinson's no joke. Van Jefferson, I know, is a little bit banged up, so we'll see if he goes. That'd be kind of a huge loss for the Rams because you know after that their depth really isn't that great because they traded all those draft picks to win the Super Bowl. So I, I, it's gonna be one of those situations for the Bills is that you just can't let ninety nine take over the game. If you, no. if you, if you could, luckily we have a mobile quarterback who could easily evade that. Nah, if, if things break not, down, not, it's, I wouldn't say easily, but not I, easily, but it becomes, if he it, comes through, he can easily run out to the right and try and avoid him. It becomes this. They're not going to stop Aaron Donald, but they have to contain him. Yeah. And if they do that, I think they have a very good chance and probably, you know, are going to win the football game. So I yeah. think, I no, think, I, would definitely I think agree. again, I think you would, you know, hope the Bills win, and then they probably cover, and then I would probably say this game's going to go over. I don't remember what the projected total was. I know it's well over 50. Yeah. Um, but no, I, it, I would, it's going to be a slugfest. Team's going to go back and forth. I, I would definitely take the Bills in the over, for yeah, sure. It's definitely going to be an intense game. And then our final thing of discussion is just because, you know, we've been gone the last two weeks, we'll end on this sour note, I would say, of Josh Allen being the 13th-ranked player in the NFL. I think they're just, I think, honest to God, they're just, Toying with us, thirteen seconds, thirteenth best player. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, 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 all, it's it, all player votes though. Yeah, so, there's no credibility. Yeah, I, I don't so, like, hold that accountable. To, it, it's annoying, yeah, but like right. at the same time, I could give two shits honestly because it's all <laughs> player bias on players, your team. So. It's also known this is during like the Pro Bowl voting in the middle of the year, and in the middle of the year the Bills started faltering, so I think that could also, you know, they didn't vote after those playoff games. Yeah, I mean. So. Yeah, it's if it if it was by league officials and all of that, I I would take it probably more to heart. But players are gonna of course be biased to people on their own teams. Like Mac Jones being as high as he was is because he was the Patriots quarterback and all the play, Patriots players hyped him up and put him up there. So I mean, it's just Absolutely. like I, I I don't really take thirteen as a slight slight at all because it's like you know of course all the bills probably put him up that high and he's within the top 20 top 15 so it's it's whatever at this point but i th- i think you know this season's a big proving season for him and hopefully you know like you'll hear in our betting on the bills podcast the mvp i i shoot for him is the mvp so um you know it it's very it's in it's within his grasp he just you know we got to take it and hopefully take the super bowl this year you know start off strong week 1 against the Last year's champs, I, I think it's definitely, 
definitely something that can be attained. It's just like Dom said, you got to contain Aaron Donald. You got to, you know, you got to take the game and take a grasp of it and just, you know, run with what you got. Let Ken Dorsey cook up there in the office now, you know, not down on the bench anymore. So, but that's going to do it for our first Bills topic of season two. We'll be right back with the Buffalonian podcast after this. And we are back with the Buffalonian podcast, transitioning from our Bills talk to our first Sabres talk of the season. Um, we got some real news. Too. Yeah, I know. Got, got a little news. Obviously, you know, we're, I saw the you know a tweet today that we're thirty. We're Casey Millstat days away from the start of the season. Thirty-seven. That's crazy. It's coming up um, so fast. Holy cow! Yes, it's it's kind of an, it's it's insane to think that in just about. Bills off season so feels so long, and then we're already back into Sabres. We're only a season. few weeks away from like rookie camp and I was uh, prospect challenge. Yeah, they're doing that fan next fest next week. And, yeah. yeah, fan fest preseason. Yeah, it's I'm excited for this season. Joe and I are gonna go to more preseason games this year and watch the watch them lose like watch last year. I mean, that was a great. Well, that was Ralph Kruger still, wasn't it? No, it, it was, was, it, was the, it was Donnie. Don started the season. It was Donnie. Donnie Eball. But obviously, the big news I would say, well. It it depends on what you look at. Wait, I want to I want to say one thing before we get into. Yeah, what I want to be is wait, wait. One thing I saw. This was a tweet I saw. Oh god. Well, Sabers so will have a cup before the Maple Leafs. Well, that was Whitney. That was not the good spin. Chicklets. Yeah, that was Whitney. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I kind of. Um, well, we're the kryptonite for the Maple Leafs, so you mean. I would hope that they well, would win a cup before the, the Leafs. Is the kryptonite yeah. for the Maple Leafs? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think it's plausible. I think that's a plausible take. It's not Steeman. I think it's plausible. It's like lukewarm. It just matters, like, what, Matthews has two years left on his contract? Right? Two? Yeah. So it kind of matters. It matters. If he re-ups, then probably I would assume that they eventually would cop. But, no, it definitely is. Like, I, I just saw that. I wanted, listen, to, I wanted listen, to get that. You know, the NHL is also a little bit like the NFL in the fact that the best team doesn't, you know, win every year. So um, definitely a possible possibility that, you know, the Leafs, you know, even for all the talent they have at this proper moment, don't want a couple for the Sabres, but yeah, you know, let's just get, let's just get the Sabres to get one. You know, I don't care who, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get one first. <laughs> gotta yeah. get one first. But so obviously, you know, I, I like how Mike described it as one, a one B kind of news, but we'll go with the one, a news first of, you know, Tage Thompson signing a seven year, $50 million contract extension, yes. which is, um, about 7.14. Uh, average annual value. Too I was much right away? We think in another Skinner situation here? So here's the thing. This is how I view it, okay? Um, this is a guy who broke out with Granado, shifted to center, so completely new position, was given top-line minutes, and we saw once Tuck came with him and Skinner was there, he performed even better. So they're banking on the fact that you still have Skinner long-term, you have Tuck long-term, having Thompson long-term. They're banking on that continuity with that line and that he'll still produce 30 goals, 60, 70 points a year. And they would rather take the chance of paying him $7 million now rather than having to pay him $9 million right. tomorrow. In a, in a, yeah, yeah. I, I think what this deal is, is, you know, it's, I don't really want to compare anyone to really Josh Allen, but... You know, Tate Thompson, I guess, a little Josh Allen-y in that, you know, he had a couple of year down years, and then all of a sudden he has his... Not down, but, like, mediocre, you know. Yeah, uh, well, Tate's a little different. He was bad. He was bad. Yeah. Um, but, Sorry, you know, I was that, more in Josh Allen. Yeah, I, Josh Allen's more mediocre. We were, this is where the comparison is kind of it. But, you know, after Josh's, you know, t- after 2020, his first legit 
elite year, the Bills immediately next offseason gave him a contract extension that made him the second highest player in the NHL. In the NHL NFL. Yeah. Uh, and now all of a sudden, at the time, at the time, and now a year later, he's what sixth. And I think that's what the Sabers are hoping for is that you know they're gonna make this bet that you know they're first off they're paying Tage Thompson. He's now twenty ninth. He's not even 29 because he technically has one more year left on his like cheap contract, and then he'll, the concession kicks in. But mm-hmm. I mean, one as the proper moment, I think he's 29th. I think he actually might be 30th because JT Miller just signed a contract extension his uh, eight, yeah. of his eight mil. So technically, I think he's going to be 30. Um, so he's going to be the 30th highest paid center, which is really second line center money. And you got to think more people are going to sign for more than that, right? Yeah. So that number is going to get. I mean, what they're hoping for is that he's going to still be as hopefully. I don't think he'll be as good as he was last year in the way of I think he's, his shooting will regress a little bit. Mm-hmm. But again, as we talked about, if his like playmaking and defense can, you know, jump up a little bit, you know, his overall impact might, probably will stay close to the same. If he could get thirty goals, thirty assists for sixty points, like that's a solid second line center, you know, year. And so if they could do that, and he gets, you know, his contract might look like a bargain because if you look at his, you know, comparables, you know, Robert Thomas. Broke out this year, center for the St. Louis Blues. He signed an eight-year, eight million dollar per year contract extension. Yeah. You no, know, Josh Norris for the Senators. He signed an eight-year, nearly. I think it was like seven point nine five. So, like, you know, if you look at those two guys, those two guys are going to pay more than Tage, and Tage kind of had a similar, similar way of like breaking out last year and now getting paid for it. So, right. Yeah. I think it's also you know Mike makes a really great point about how this is really this you know safe face and the fact of they didn't want him to get another thirty goal season and then all of a sudden. You know, it's a little bit like the Sam Reinhardt situation of he wants money. This of he's 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 now arbitration eligible, and he could he says give me nine million dollars or I'm going to arbitration. I'm walking in a year. Yeah, this is the only thing I could see being a little different with Tate Thompson. I think he meshed well with the coach mm-hmm. and the team, and maybe if he had broke out and he wasn't signed, he would have been definitely more expensive than the seven million seven point one four he's getting, but. I feel like he might have taken a little bit less compared to like when Jeff Skinner scored 40 goals. You knew you had to overpay him to sure. be here. I think Tage Thompson would be more likely to want to be here rather than. I'm not that, saying Jeff Skinner didn't no, want to be that, here, that, but that's, that's a good how point. We were that's a good point. That's a good point. Jeff Skinner, one year with the organization, scored 40 goals, really kind of a turmoil year. Mm-hmm. Tage Thompson has been in the organization for a couple of years now, really broke out because, you know, of his coaching and you know credit to him as well hard work pays off right yeah. yeah so i think you know his contract you know is also it's a leap of faith for the organization this is kind of like the first move i feel for adams that hasn't been you know i would say kind of like his boldest move i was bold is a great ter- word to use it's kind of bold well I, I mean i don't know if, if you would consider like waiting out for eichel to be bold i don't know that's pretty that's pretty the eichel like waiting, waiting Eichel out, like not just yeah. selling for the summer. Waiting yeah, that was kind of bold. That was like, bold, this is no, like, bold signing, bold yeah, signing. Yeah. But it's also kind of a move that hasn't been. Re- I don't think everyone's received positively. I think this is kind of a, you know, a bit of a mixed review because people are concerned about him, you know, not being the guy. Yeah, because he only had one breakout year. All the other yeah. years were kind of. It's definitely yeah. a gamble. I think it's, a, it's uh, you know, I think it's honestly, it's a gamble. I would definitely capitalize on. I feel like I'll, if I'll, he. I'll let you finish. I just want to present a question. Well, no, like if he if he can replicate that, and I think this season's going to show whether whether or not he can't. It's, it, I think like you know it's a good move. Like you were saying, like he's gonna walk. He's gonna try and walk if we can't give him more money if he, after he replicates. You know, yeah. so keep him now for a long time with a smaller amount of money. I'll present you this question: Does this contract extension change your opinion at all on the 
trade for no. Tage Thompson. They will no. trade. I don't think it will. I think, you know, if he continues to play well and you say you got a second line center out of it, you know, it's nice. But, you know, especially with all the, especially with the Ryan Johnson asset maybe becoming <laughs> just a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of also what's going on, you know, the other part of the trade too. It doesn't, I mean, it's still, I'd say like the Sabres lost the trade, but they also got a winning asset in the trade. Yeah. So I think, you know, it doesn't really change my opinion. But it's also, you know, I guess it's interesting too to look at Adams as a GM now as a guy that, you know, this is kind of his guy now. Mm-hmm. You know, this is his contract. He, you know, this is his gamble per se. And I think it's a nice thing because we talked about how, you know, he's been very patient. You know, patient is the key word. I, you know, I, I just said about the Eichel thing, like boldly being very patient. You know, we I think there was some concern maybe is he being – you know, too patient. You know, is, right. he, is he is he is he pulling a Jason Bauer or or you know, as Mike's favorite GM of all time, Darcy Gear, like maybe sitting on his hands a little bit too much. But I think this is a kind of move that shows that when he when he can be aggressive and he feels like this is you know a move that he has to make or not has to make, but is you know confident in, like he'll be willing to make you know he'll be willing to you know make the big deal. And I think it's interesting too because he you know. I think we said I said earlier in the you know season one of you know maybe they try and extend you know cousins because cousins really hasn't broke out yet. Right. Try- I think this season he will though. I think this. That's be- the thing. Maybe they try and do that too. Of like maybe they pay cousins like five million dollars. Like hey, you know, he's not worth five million dollars right now, but we think he's gonna. You know, break out this year, and if he right, breaks like out, you look like a genius. Yeah. Now is that out. is that too many? Is that one too many gambles? You know, gambling mm-hmm. on top. Right. You don't want to give away all your fuck. You know, <laughs> your money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's also. You know, gam- you know that might that might be a little bit of a riskier gamble because you know you're you're gambling on a guy that hasn't even broke out yet. Mm-hmm. Same thing if maybe Samuelson, maybe they're like, you know what, we're gonna pay him four million dollars, you know, get him signed because yeah. they think he's gonna be a, a top forty man. It, it's interesting because you know last off season signing Dowling to the bridge is looking honestly like one of Adam's weaker moves as a GM. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you can't fault that. No. See, at the time, you can't. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I mean, you That's can't really go hindsight. back now and be. It like, is. Yeah. It is yeah. a little hindsighty, but it's just the fact, though, is that, you know, you you gave him the bridge deal, but then you gave him top pair minutes. You gave him power play one time, so he's gonna get, you know, point production, and that kind of gets a defenseman paid a little bit, especially because he had 50 points. I mean, he had 50. He had a 50 point season. Yeah. And I w- I think all of us would consider that you know he had a very good second half, but he kind of was mediocre at best in the first half. So yeah. you know if he puts it together, all of a sudden you're kind of you know in danger of like you kind of had to pay him what he wants, or you know he's just gonna kind of do what Reinhardt did, and then you know obviously you hope Darlene likes the organization city enough, but yeah, I mean like I I feel like when Reinhardt left, the organization was still kind of like we didn't I, I think know that's what true. was happening. We, yeah, like, you didn't know like the coaching staff if what would happen or like prospects right. and everything. I feel too like much now, uncertainty. I feel like now they know the path. They know like what they're preaching. Adams and Granado are preaching. They're vibing with the message that they're giving. They know them. we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, but the but thing you can see I feel like there when was Ryan an interview, left, was still tail spinning. There was an interview with someone on the Sabres. I don't remember who it was. It was recently. Um saying like how they can really get behind the message the coaches are giving and they want to play for this team because it's like they're really working toward it. They're not trending backwards and yeah. down anymore. Yeah, know? they're they're so. in a positive trajectory. It's just it's just interesting because like if Darlene has another fifty point season per se, and maybe even sixty points, and he has that like he's signed for two years. 
Two years at six mil, I believe. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, next offseason, you know, are you going to offer him eight by nine? Like, that's what it's going to take. Like, if he has another 50, 60 point season, like $9 million is kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you start with that. And I don't know. That's kind of, a, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money, man. And mm-hmm. like, honest to God, like, I, I you know, last offseason, they probably could have got it done eight by seven, you know. Yeah, but then if Dunham was still. But then if he busted, but but that's, that's a, a bad, yeah. yeah. But that's kind of like the same thing as the Thompson situation now. It's like if he busted, bust. But like, I don't know. It's just it's an interesting that they didn't gamble there. But I, I understand. It's, it's a little hindsighty. It's a little hindsighty. Yeah, I can't fault it at the time. I can't fault it. I can't fault the logic at the time. But you know, I gotta be honest. Like we killed Bovril for for uh, bridging Reinhardt. Right. But like at the yeah. time, like Reinhardt was a fifty point forward. That's true. But like I think everyone. I I just think you know everyone thought Reinhardt had another gear to go. I think everyone deep down believes Darlene had another gear to go, but you know they got to get him out of Kruger, and then you know at that at, at the time he was kind of I I agreed with the situation at the time, but a little hindsighty now of you know that that decision while it wasn't bad at the time is unfortunately probably going to eventually bite them. Right. Um. But you know it's nice to see again this Tate Johnson situation. Nice to kind of get that. You know, we're not that we're not, we're not that looming over your head anymore. Yeah, right, you don't have to worry about losing him either soon. So I mean, and hopefully he pr- produces. You know, that's no, all yeah. you can hope. I, but yeah, I, you know, another thirty goal season, and you know, yeah, then he's worth it. Then, I, I mean, he's just got to stay consistent. That's really it. Yeah, that's all he's, I would he's, ask. Not, listen, he's not going to shoot 50% every year, but if he can shoot, you know, ten to twelve, and you know, improve. You know, as we've been saying, you know, pound the table, other facets of his game, I think he'll definitely be worth the money. That he's um making and right talking about signing. I know this isn't the one B news, just no, no, this yeah. isn't the one B news. But we're gonna, I'm gonna keeping on the top. I'm gonna quickly signing. jump into that. Uh, UPL uh, signed a two year deal uh, with the Sabers. Uh, it's a smart move, I feel like. Yeah, it's a you know it's a pretty exciting to finally get that kind of out of the way. I believe his second year is one way, so I think that might have been something they were fighting over. Obviously, if you're a two way contract, um, you make less money in the AHL. Mm-hmm. So I I wonder if that's what they were fighting for. Maybe. Um, and then you know it's up to him this year. This is kind of a you know, is he made of glass or is he not at this point? He's got to prove it's, himself. It's, it's, it's you know? a prove it year for him. And, uh, you know, can you be an can you even be an NHL player? Can you be an NHL goalie? That's yeah, the question. Can, not even a starting NHL goalie. Can you can you be an NHL goalie? You know that's the, that's the million dollar question of him, and you know we're gonna. You, you know, know what? Find out. Maybe this, these these jerseys, these these really cool goat head jerseys will manifest the inner Ryan Miller and have him come and out. And Hashik. Yeah, and yeah. Hashik. Yeah, and Baron. And Baron. And Baron. Like, yep. Honestly, that whole era. Was just, I think. Was a, a yeah, I think it might manifest. Some, poor poor some, Marty Baran, like yeah, he he was good. He was just sandwiched in between Hashik and Miller. Yeah, like, yeah, no, that, that is. We tough. love Marty Baran here. It, it's yeah. great personality. It, it is remarkable looking back at that era and realizing like that was probably the best era of Sabres hockey. That, that oh yeah, decade. the red and black, not they, even the team's they colors. Made, they made six to oh six. They made the they made the cup in nine, ninety nine. Was a trivia question. Mm-hmm. What. How long was the Goathead era? Uh, I, I, and who was the only player to play his entire career in the Goathead era? Key. Yeah. Yeah. Trivia mm. question. Yep. Yep. We're now. throwing it back. Come on now. Technically, it was only nine seasons, though. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Because the, 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 the lockout. Lockout, lockout. Yep. But, you know, 99, they made the cup final. Obviously, they had some Hashik, you know, some nice ones there. Obviously, you know. 06. You know, it's, you know, it's kind of remarkable. Uh, you know, I believe the last game they wore the Goatheads was game seven in Carolina. It was. 
I feel like uh, you know. I think that wasn't that, that, that a trivia question. Quick sideway. I think that's got that loss has to be on the Mount Rushmore in Buffalo's like sports losses. Oh well, yeah, we have a lot of them. Yeah. Like I, I, I was thinking Buffalo about it. Sports have taken a it's major. It's got to be number one. It's got to be wide right. Wide right. Thirteen seconds is probably two. That one's getting. Up. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's recency bias, but no, no that, goal. That's pretty tough. No goal is probably three, and then losing Game Seven to Carolina. I don't know. Very similar to what the Bills did last what year. What about uh, Winter Classic shootout to Crosby? Oh yeah, 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 but that was that was that was the Winter Classic. Yeah, but still, but that was the first Winter Classic. Yeah, the first yeah but that didn't mean any. I mean, okay, I shouldn't. Say, I, I apologize. It didn't mean it doesn't mean anything. But that had no playoff. Reference. Yeah, but that's okay, still like the only of, one. I, the, like the honorable mention, probably Music City Miracle. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that's tough. Like I think I don't well, know. I've never been in that situation. No, no. It's just you like know, the wide right. No, I was in that situation. Not gonna spiral out of the. Obviously, we can't forget about you know the Bandits this year losing Thanks, Game well. Three of the <laughs> final at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the I mean, if we want to count, you know, minor league teams, random like, stuff, yeah, random <laughs> the, stuff, the, the, not, not AHL teams, the Triple yeah. OT, you yeah. know, all that stuff. Listen, there's lo- there's been a lot of heartbreak, but you know, it, I, I have to think about that. I, I think, think these goat heads are gonna manifest something in the Sabers, though. Well, you, I, I, the logo is a little different, a little updated. Yeah, they did. So they I'm cleaned it the up. The jerseys are gonna be a little updated. I'm hoping they'll probably. Same format. Yeah. I, I was watching um, um, Sabres Live the one uh, last week, and they had Tage Thompson on, and they're asking him, like, are you excited for it? And he was like, they got a sneak peek of it at the end of last season. So, like, all the players I, know. There was a yeah, Alex Tuck was time. really excited about it, too, in that press conference. Well, I think I remember um, before COVID, the 50th season, the 90s night, you know, we're like, are they going to bring back the goat heads? Like, mm-hmm. is this going to be the big surprise? And they let everybody down mm-hmm. with not wearing even the 50th anniversary jersey. Yeah, and yeah. it was just a massive letdown. And I think fan service. Yeah, you yep. gotta they gotta bring the fans yeah. in. Right. Um, and then I know we see all these ads on the on the jerseys now. Yeah. Not gonna lie, if there's an ad on this goathead jersey, I might throw up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those situations. Uh, yeah. Ads on the hockey jerseys look atrocious. No, it, it's, it's just not terrible. Like, <laughs> it's not terrible. But you know. I like what the Sabres are doing in the fact of, you know, this year might not be the most, you know, successful year, but you're going to see a lot of interesting young players. You're going to see Ryan Miller, you know, get his number uh, retired in the rafters. And you're going to see the GOAT. I mean, the return of arguably the greatest jersey in history. I think you say the Sabres have had... See that's some that's of the best jerseys ever. That's minus, controversial. Minus the they've slug, had the best... Uh, 07, the to 07 to 20 is just... A darker. Yeah. Uh, no, but, maybe blue. You know, a, I was thinking about this too. You know, thinking the about Reebok, the Reebok era. Yeah. You know what? I was thinking about this too. You know, thinking about Carolina Game Seven. It was like we were what three, four years old when that happened. Mm-hmm. Like, six. Yeah. Four. Yeah. I was four. So was I. I was technically four. You were technically. Three. Oh, I was three. Yeah. July. Yeah. But I think it's interesting to think of like how much like we care about the Goheads, even though we were never. Like yeah, well, we were never really right. like there when they were like. No. We were not, I don't think I went and to the game. Like you ask four, a lot so. of older fans, they do they do not like. That. No, I gotta admit, like people people are. It's like the red helmets. Like they're like that's not like for us. That was technically our childhood, quote unquote, that capped it off, right? Like when we were born, like we said, we were three and four. So seeing that come back is like a nostalgic thing. But for people who were around before, they're like, this is not the well, same. Because I, I mean? they're mad. They're so mad. Why? They're mad that like. 
you know, in the mid-90s when they switched from the Royal Blues, which are dope jerseys, I'm not going to lie. But, mm-hmm. like, they were mad that they switched those jerseys, but those jerseys are also dope. I mean, th- think about it this way. They got that to happen, and when we were three and four, like, when we were four, we, they switched from those jerseys to, to the, the slugs. slugs. Like, come on. Slugs are bad. The slugs might still come back as the retro, I hear, because this is an alternate. You know what I mean? Because this is only the alternate jersey now. It's the yeah. So yeah. they it's still have a retro throwback retro. you could do is the slug. Yeah, imagine imagine they don't say anything to anyone they come flying out of the the locker rooms with that'd be, slugs honestly if they did it as a reverse retro for one game two games mm-hmm. that I'd, that'd be electric what if they did a golden slug that would be disgusting no the jersey behind us yeah that no. would be disgusting yeah we don't have to that's just a bad this is just some, we grew up with very most of the part okay, i'm just gonna say yeah, those, 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 those jerseys. i'm just gonna say those the, jerseys were navy the blue era of the nhl all the jerseys were ugly well, let's just put it this way we grew up with the Bills being terrible with terrible jerseys, yes. the Sabres being good, and then being trash with trash jerseys. Mm-hmm. Like Both jerseys are very nice. But now we got now. both jerseys that are good. We got the Bills that are good. The Sabres are looking up like... Mm-hmm. No, it's looking nice. Fine, we're, what, we're twenty. Like finally, it's all. It's all. We got all both, together. both aligned. Like it's, right. they look. They look good and they play good. Like yeah, no, it's, you're right. it's starting to come. It's starting to come together. But uh, very exciting for the turn to go ahead. Obviously, um, you know, I think everyone was kind of. Uh, I don't want to say no. I'm going to say they were back and forth. They wanted it. Um, yeah, and so very quickly, um, you know, obviously. You know, we were talking at the end of season one about, you know, the Atlantic teams. We left off on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Obviously, they were formerly the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Uh, obviously, they lost to the Avs, but they're now three-time uh, Eastern Conference defending champions because they beat the Rangers and then obviously lost to the Avs, as I just said, in six games. Um, you know, it's another team that's going to be above the Sabres in the standings, no doubt. And, they, listen, man, like Atlanta's really hard, like, for Tampa Bay to be the number three team in the Atlantic is uh it's a pretty tough pill. Um, team has made three straight Stanley Cups, yeah. Yeah, three straight Stanley Cups, and listen, I I think we're we're starting to see you know what tints in the armor is that the little like like the armor is getting a little I don't know faded like, faded I don't know I don't dinged up dinged up dings in the armor I it's, I, I get what you're saying yeah the, the gist is they're 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 peak they're starting to head down they're they're a little bit. Past the prime, come to an end. Yeah, they're, they're starting to become past the prime. You know, the guys are getting older. They had to pay, you know, extensions to you know Sorelli, Cernak, and Sergachev. You know what? But they they got their success. Yeah, I'm, 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 they got that's, two rings out of but it. But that's so. the thing for the Sabers is that you can see that this team is starting to fall apart. You know, they had to trade away McDonough for you know pieces like spare parts. At least they're not Vegas, right? Yeah, Vegas. To that's, shell out that's their true. Uh, for nothing. That's no. true. But you know, the, obviously, you know, Tampa's one going to be one of those teams that's still going to be good for a little bit. But I feel like they're starting to become Boston. E, you know, Boston. We talked about what, last, the older team. Like, yeah, that kind of Boston thing. is yeah. literally in the like last Boston's dance last year. is like the last dance. I would say Tampa's like three or four years where Boston Dan was. Coast is, he's what thirty one now. Thirty-two, something 32? like yeah. that. Headman's not young. Yeah, no, no. it's Kucherov's almost thirty. The only one who's kind of young is the Bassie. light at the end of the tunnel is growing closer and closer at this so, point, yeah, and so. the and the and the time to strike is getting closer. I, and closer I still believe closer. In John Cooper though; like he's still a good coach. Nah, he's a good coach. So, I, I, I really do. You remember? I really the wanted outside him. Outside rumor when that he wouldn't re-sign with Tampa and that the Sabres would hire him. Do you <laughs> yes, remember that? Yes, I was hyped oh about that. Oh, my goodness. I really wanted Tampa to... So Same with the Stamkos. I really wanted Tampa... Uh, that was just a money grab, though. That I really want. I really wanted Tampa the year they won their first cup to like lose in the first round because I wanted Cooper to get fired and then the Sabres. 
hire him. Because I was like, this is a good coach. You got to give credit John Cooper working his way up. No, he did. Hey, so, lawyer. No. Yeah, because I think he was, what, USHL? Yeah, knows the law. And then he went to AHL. Cool guy. Yeah, good for John Cooper. Good for John Cooper. Good. Yeah. Listen, this is you know we can respect Lightning and what they did, and you know right. hopefully they start tailing off, and I think they're about to. Lastly, you know again we went over a little bit the forward lines. We're gonna start over with our you know defense pairings now. We're gonna start with our first one for today. Let's we'll make it nice and simple, which I think is uh. Are we all in agreement here? I think it's Dolly and Samuelson, and yes, I think sir. I think it's um I think yes, sir. I, I think at the end of the year I don't know if these guys will be the Best oh. two defensemen because I think Owen Power could potentially, yeah. you know, make a name for himself. But th- these are your two best defensemen going into the year. I would agree, hundred percent, because like we've said many times, Owen Power's only played eight games, so you can't really ga- gauge where he's going to be at necessarily. Well, hopes are definitely high, and it looks like it's going to be good, you know. But we don't know. We don't know. We got to wait it out. But only time will tell. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, flip that hourglass over and wait till the end of the season. You know, yeah, I think what we saw with Dalene of him potentially, you know, having that really first fully eighty-two game elite season, and then Samuelson, you know, just seems like the prototypical pair for him, defensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. You know, can we get a little, maybe a little bit more offense, a little bit more puck moving out of him? Maybe I think that's an area of improvement for him. So yeah, yeah I think absolutely. See, I tell you, the first it's the first defenseman pair. It's kind of like the first forward line of uh, you know. I feel like all the pairs are kind of, we're going to be kind of, yeah, I, don't I don't know. I, I think, what, did, what, you, what do you have second line? What's coming, what's coming next? I can't tell you. What's next week? We can't spoil. Oh, I thought we were doing them all. I thought <laughs> we were doing, is that what you just said? No. I oh, I had all three queued up. Never mind then. I'll save that for next week. Yeah, we're doing I, already, I mean, I know my. Listen, we got, we got, listen, okay. We got to, we, we have my off God. season. We got to spread my God, it out. My God. I, listen, I was pretty hyped about saying that, yeah, Casey Mills got 37 days away. We were still 37 days away. Like, that's, you know, that's the Yeah, we got to wait a little we bit. We still got to get right, some right. content out. Yeah. I know we're, I know we're going to get the prospect challenge coming up, the fan fest, training camp, and, training all, that. camp yeah. and all that stuff, but, you know, mix in with you know, all this cheap stuff. Yeah, no, we got to, we got to make sure everything. We, we got we to, we got to spread the wealth. Spread the wealth. Spread I, the wealth. I like that. I like spread that. Spread the wealth. But that's going to do it for our Sabres topic for this episode and we'll be right back with the rundown after this welcome back to the buffalonian podcast and i will be your host on the first rundown of the season two obviously you know we ended season one of talking some blue jays and bisons and you know we're still gonna you know lead off with those two teams for the start of season two obviously you know we talked about the saber season being about a month away the amherst season closing in too so they'll probably be added in the red down but the bison season's almost over so we're i think we're gonna stay at two for a little bit we're gonna do a little bit of a trade-off um so but here we go so for the blue jays uh well you know there's there was 20 games played when we were you know away on hiatus and the jays are a solid 14 and 6 in those 20 games and currently sporting a five game winning streak the jays now sit at 75 and 59 which is currently third in the AL East, but they're actually only a half game back of Tampa Bay for second place in the division. Uh, obviously, the Jays are currently the last AL wildcard team. They're currently, you know, the six, they're six teams this year, so they, they're six out of six. But again, Tampa Bay's only a half game ahead of them, and um, Seattle is the other team that's currently in the AL wildcard picture, is currently only a half game ahead of them, too. So. Really, it's anyone's game for the top uh, AL wildcard spot. And, you know, I can't believe I'm really saying this, but the division is also somewhat in play. I believe currently they're six games back of the Yankees as of, you know, recording. So, 
you know, you, you never know. I, I don't think we ever thought that number would get down to single digits, but here we are on September 6th and we're saying it. So currently uh, the Jays are halfway through a crucial, crucial series against uh, the AL East rival Baltimore Orioles. Uh, going into this series, uh, the Jays only had a two and a half game lead on the Orioles to stay in the AL uh, playoff picture. But, you know, we started off strong Monday with a doubleheader sweep of the Orioles, uh, winning seven to three and eight to four. Uh, the Jays in the second game were led by none other than Bo Bichette hitting a th- three home runs, a three home run night for Bo Bichette, silencing all the critics about his poor defense. He just he doesn't need the glove, man. He just needs the bat. Cranks three 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 out for the boys. And then game one was led by great pitching performance by Kevin Gosman going six and two thirds innings, only giving up two runs and striking out six batters. So, you know, a great way to start the series. Obviously they have two games left, but now they're you know, four they have a little bit of a cushion, four and a half games up on on the Orioles. And then, you know, they finished that series uh, this Wednesday. And then this weekend, they actually play a three-game set in Texas for against the Rangers, who are you know really struggling. So, really important for the Jays to get those three games. Really crucial for them because you know the schedule gets really hard after that with a five-game home set against Tampa Bay next week. You heard that right, five games. There are four games being played. And then there's a doubleheader, so it's five games. It's an absolute crucial series for, you know, the Jays to potentially, you know, be the top AL wild card team uh, in the playoffs. So let's go Blue Jays. Finally, we're going to turn to our beloved Buffalo Bisons, who unfortunately did not have the great play of the Blue Jays. The Bisons lost. First, they split their home series against – they played three series while we were away. They split the home series against Lehigh Value. Lehigh Valley, they lost four games to two to Columbus at home, and then they lost four games to two to Wooster on the road. So the, in those 18 games, their overall record were 7-11. and 11. Just absolutely brutal for the Bisons. They now, fin- they now sit at 66-62, and 62, and they're seven games back of Jacksonville for the first place in the division. And again, the Bisons are back to sporting a negative run differential of negative 10. Currently, uh, the Bisons this week are hosting Gwent, uh, who are currently, it's a six-game home set, and the Gwent currently sits at 61 and 67. So, again, kind of, you know, a really winnable series for the Bisons, and they really need uh, really need all these games. So, uh, that's really hope for them to, you know, up their performance. Uh, the best moment of for the Bisons in the last 18 games while we were on hiatus was... Uh, August 26th, they won 6 nothing versus Columbus. Uh, the Bisons used seven pitchers to two-hit uh, the Clippers, and they were led offensively by Otto Lopez and Rafael Latigua. Uh, it was nearly a one-hitter. They gave up a hit in the ninth inning, and then actually the first batter of the game hit a base hit off a really weird spin ball in the infield, and it was really, I mean, it was, I mean, it was potential for a no-hitter, but uh, really good pitching performance for the Bisons. Rare, a rare shutout win for the Bisons. Um, so... You know, let's hope you know the Bisons and Jays. You know, start season two for us off of a bang and get some wins. So, let's go Bisons. Let's go Blue Jays, and we'll be back with the Would You Rather. Welcome back to the Buffalonian Podcast. Rolling in with the Would You Rather. I don't think it's anything uh, too spectacular to start off the season, but um, if you're a f- pro football player, mm-hmm. would you rather 
playing a game that's scorching hot and humid mm. or freezing cold. Oh, that's tough. So like Frozen Tundra, Green Bay, first week of January. Or Miami. Miami week one. Oh. Huh. See, that's tough. Very tough because I myself like the cold more than the humid heat. So I'm just thinking though, like my my fingers and all, you know, in the, the cold, it's like gripping the ball. It's going to like, you know, you get the... It hits your hand, you get the tingles. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very different. Like I don't know. It's very. It's just interesting. It's an interesting. You know, growing up in Western New York, I think I feel like that, I would say cold just because I'm used to it. Like being around here, you know what I mean? Like I feel like growing up in Western New York, dealing with all the cold, you should say the cold, but I'm gonna say the heat because oh, see, I, I would, see you, the thing is, I would I, I, would I have can't to go over I would and pump able, oxygen into me, but my, but my guy, I, I wouldn't be able to play in the cold, like. I'm I'm a twig. Like I'm gonna be freezing. I'm gonna be like yeah. No, I'm gonna be frozen. I'd, I'd be able to. Play I couldn't. It. I wouldn't be able to run around and catch a football, especially going you know Josh Young throwing like 50 miles an hour. Like yeah, I, I didn't put my hand in front of that. No, well, exactly. at least at least the, at least the heat. Like you know, you get a nice little sweat in. You know. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Sun's out, guns out. So I would. I'd pick the cold. Yeah. I, I feel like when it when I was uh, anytime doing anything physical in the sun and the heat is yeah, just no. it takes so much out of you. Cold. It's the cold, like it, repl- it honestly when you're replenishes you. you're moving around and everything, mm-hmm. you get warm. Yeah, it's hard to get cool. So yeah, you have to find I, some I'm shade. There's also the humidity in and Miami, humidity, yeah. but I, I would still put the heat up. I, I, I mean, 100 degrees in California is different than 100 degrees in Miami. Yeah, like, like, it's yeah. a lot more bearable. But so I mean, that was a good one, Mike. I'm, I'm just gonna roll right into trivia. Yeah, no, with you guys. Let, let's mean, hit it. Come on, let's go right into hit it. Hit us. Here. I'm so, feeling froggy, motherfucker. Let's go. So we'll do the first question. We'll start. With our Buffalo Bills. So, okay. this team, they last made the, before recently, they had a playoff drought going. Mm-hmm. The last time they made the playoffs was 99. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. How many how many Pro Bowlers were on that 99 roster? Four. Do you have an answer or just? Six. Two. Wow. Ooh. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Who was wait, wait, it? Wait, wait, wait. Before you say it, let's think. Bruce Smith. 99. Bruce Smith. Smith. No. Bruce Smith was on the 1999. On 99. Hey, he was. I don't believe so. Music City Miracle. No, he wasn't a Pro Bowler. Oh, we're talking about like oh the Pro Bowl. Oh, I not thought the roster. I said I Pro thought... Bowl. Did I not say Pro Bowl? No, I. No, you, he said Pro Bowl. I thought I. No, Pro nah, I'm, I How thought... many people on the. Pro I was Bowl? thinking of you were saying no. Like, that's like that a were Pro Bowler. They uh, were in the Pro Bowl that year. Ah, uh, two. Yeah, four was a good guess. I probably would have said four. Um. Yeah, two. Two. Eric Moulds. Joe Delamalur. Dude, that dude was... I'm kidding. I'm just tossing names out, Okay, so out, the man. one I know, is Ruben Steve Brown. Christie? Is Steve Christie? I knew Ruben Brown was one. Ruben Brown Ruben. was the offensive guard? And Sam Gash, fullback. I, I don't know who he is, but he made Make the Pro Bowl. Make fullbacks matter, man. He, he made the Pro Bowl, those two. Congrats. My, my, my favorite Bills player of all time, Doug Flutie, was a Pro Bowl of the year before. <laughs> yeah, you got a point. So, yeah, then you started... How many playoff games did you start last like, year? Yeah, and why did we lose? Because there was a forward pass? <laughs> so oh, no. my God. Uh, we'll go to question two. Buffalo All right, what's your Sabres, Sabres Buffalo, question? Buffalo Sabres question. <laughs> uh, obviously, ties are a thing of the past in the NHL. Who's the last team the Sabres tied, and <sighs> what year was it? When did they implement the shootout? It should be rather obvious when they implemented the shootout. I don't... Wow. In 2000... What? When was it locked out? 2005-06, probably? Was that, was that? that was the first year of shootouts, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Right, then, let's, yeah, go. Yeah. let's go, mm-hmm. let's go. So so 2000, 
four and five was in the year. So three, four is probably the year that it tied someone, I would assume. Yeah. Who did they tie is the question. No, see, we're not going to be able, You know what? I'm going to go really balls. We're going to go 04. I'm, well, no, the, the year is yeah, obvious. Yes, the year is 2004. Yeah. Are we going to the I team? Thought, you want the team? or Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he wants the team. He doesn't want the year. We, we figure well, out. I did say year. He said the year oh, did and you? the team. Yeah. Okay, well, we got, okay, we we got, got 50%. Listen, we, we got, well, okay. March 27, 2004. Uh, wait, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm going to predict that it is a team that doesn't exist anymore. The Atlanta Thrashers. Okay. No? No, it's not. Boston. On March 27, 2004, the Buffalo Sabres tied the Pittsburgh Penguins 2-2. Dude, to two. That was my second guess. Oh, okay, sure. No, no. It was between Pittsburgh or Boston, and I just, I just blurted thought, out I just Boston. thought it was going to be like a meme answer, Atlanta, to be honest. Oh, that was, that was a worthy guess. Yeah. No, it was, no that, it was, was that was a hype guess. Like, uh, Final question. Buffalo question. Region question. Okay. Uh, they have a pretty famous uh, cemetery. Force Lawn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what year it was established? 1847. That was actually very close. 1850. That was even closer. 1853. 1849. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going up. I thought, yeah. Oh, man. that That's, we were stumped today. Well, the second question. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. Second question, okay. we got 50% I put it this way. I put it this way. Those last two guesses, we were able to, like, the third guess, Narrow we were close. Listen, anytime, anything you had close. a one in, um, there were 13, 29 chance at that time. Listen, we had a one in 29 chance. So. Okay, that was a solid guess. We got the year right, and and the uh, four song question. Like, I think us being within five years of something that happened in eighteen forty nine. Yeah, is pretty no, impressive. Yeah, it's not bad. Very not impressive. bad. Well, can we just be honest for one second though? Yeah. If I did not say eighteen forty seven, what would you have said? Eighteen thirty. Like I was gonna go. All I was right, gonna go eighteen hundreds. Right. Like that was my initial guess, and then with me saying it's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that that tossed yeah, he me. Yeah, was pretty close. Yeah. No, I would have been eighteen hundreds for All sure. Right. That's how it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, but without further ado, that's going to do it for the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and I've been joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino, and we're kicking off season two, baby. Dom, how do you always end these? Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.